15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. You think of Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. For this is a story not of a universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Hey, welcome into DC On Screen, episode 481. I am your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. There is not a lot of news this week. Yeah. I guess we'll do it what we can. Yeah. We'll do what we can. I don't know really what we can talk about. Um, Oh, wait. There's Aquaman footage. Oh, that little thing. Okay, fine. Not online, sadly. No. We have have yet to be graced with a trailer. Um, I mean, San Diego at worst, right? Gotta be. I don't know. A lot of this stuff is, is sounding pretty cool, man. But uh, before we jump into news, uh, if you guys want to leave us a voicemail, 205-259-6331. Just thought I'd throw that back out there to you guys. Uh, did you have a good week, man? Oh, sure. I'm tired. You're just tired? I'm just tired. I spent eight hours under my house this weekend. And let me be honest, when you work under your under your house that long, it's like it's a terrible, nasty environment. But there's a point where you're like, well, the ground's cold. I could just take a quick nappy nap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I got to, uh, on the same day, no less, as uh, one of the days you were underneath the house. Mm-hmm. I got to work on the yard. I got to like, uh, do the mowing of the lawn. And yeah. it was a big tilted mess of a lawn. It's a big tilted mess of a lawn, man. It's like, it's really steep. It was just, it was awful. And like the previous people who lived here, like, I don't know, man. I don't know what they had. Like, like Bethany had already gone out and, like, cleaned up some of the stuff that was in the yard. Like, there was a tennis shoe that had grass growing through it. <laughs> oh, man. First mow problems, dude. Yeah. So, it was a, it was a, it was a steep, uh, steep hill all the way through. And uh, next time I do that, I'm not going out in the hottest part of the day. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, don't I got slumbered. Do <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I've seen you get sunburnt thinking about the sun. Like it's just not. That's true. It's not a thing <clears throat> that you cope with particularly well. Mm-hmm. 
it's 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 a rough time for me. Yes. Um, also, there is a shout out. I want to shout out uh, to our server at Olive Garden, Graham. He's a really good server, and he was awesome. Like me and Bethany had uh, dinner a couple. Uh, I think it was last night with uh, Matt Carroll of the MCU Cast, mm-hmm. Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, and uh, he was just he he commented on my Mask of the Phantasm shirt, and then we we were just talking DC and Marvel and uh, Infinity War and Justice League. We were just talking about a whole bunch of stuff, and he was a cool guy. So nice. I uh, inv- we. Matt pimped out DC on screen, and I, in turn, pimped out MCU cast. <laughs> it was all impromptu, but uh, and like it was fun. The the manager and me is my first thought was like, and somewhere a table went wanting. <laughs> While this dude was now, chatting it up with you guys. Nah, nah. Once he once he somebody sweet busy. tea remained unfilled. No, no. Graham, write us and let us know that that didn't happen. But no, seriously, like I. I, uh, once it got busy, he was like, Hey, I got to go do this. And we're like, cool, man. Understood. We've all been in food service before. Oh yeah. Anyway, we're going to move on to this Aquaman footage that CinemaCon, uh, Brandon Davis of comicbook.com. It always throws me off because we have a friend named Brandon Davis. Yeah. This is not the same guy. Yeah. He had a description and they also people were reacting to it. Uh, it's not spoilery. It's just, uh, some really cool descriptions here. Uh, so Brandon Davis of comicbook.com says, I can't believe you're finally here. Someone says the camera dives into the water, a ship soars through the water. A gladiator match seems to be coming. The ship enters Atlantis with several ships ferrying in and about, uh, the ocean master stands in the Coliseum rallying the crowd against his brother who will challenge him for the throne. Arthur trains on the beach. He's younger and catches the quindent with his bare hands just before it hits his face. He lifts a submarine from the water. He kicks ass inside the submarine. Above water, he tells Mara he is a blood instrument, and he's damn good at it. Mara <laughs> begs Arthur to help so millions of people don't die. Water crashes on land. Defoe's character tells him to go deeper to discover his Atlantean instincts before being revealed in a leathery black costume. Black Manta looks ripped from a comic with glowing red eyes. A war between an army on foot underwater and men riding sharks ensues. The Ocean Master promises to bring, quote, the wrath of the seven seas. He also tweeted, just saw snippets of Aquaman uh, footage in a Warner Brothers 2018 sizzle reel. He looks super badass and fun. Uh, Momoa kicks chunks of metal at people in a submarine and catches swords in his bare hands on their sharp ends. <laughs> Patrick Wilson looks great at Ocean as Ocean Master. There's a massive war with men riding sharks fighting a foot army, and Black Manta looks brilliant. The black manta we deserve is coming. Steven Weintraub over at Collider wrote, uh, Creepy Puppet, that's James Wan, just showed us, uh, uh, just showed some awesome looking footage from Aquaman, including a few shots of black mana and a tease of massive action. Some of the footage was close to final and some very, very rough. Most important thing is it looks like a, a kick ass Aquaman movie. Barry Hertz tweets, Aquaman, a work in progress trailer, includes giant seahorses. Versus giant sharks. Good lord. <laughs> the audience loved it. Uh, Scott Wampler says, uh, Juan stresses it's a work in progress stuff. Holy shit, Aquaman looks epic in scale. Exponentially bigger than anything Juan's done to date. And it looks awesome. Huge underwater skylines. Dudes riding gr- giant armored seahorses. Black Manta looks straight out of the comics. I'm super impressed. Damn. Exhibitor Relations says, Atlantis will astound. 
this is DC's next big hit and will make everyone forget about Justice League. I mean, it's, it's overwhelmingly positive, all of these reactions. Seems uh, to. Germ- Jermaine Lucier says that it looks like Blade Runner underwater with more superhero action. There are a lot of other reactions, all of them positive. Uh, I, I have great hopes for this. It Not sounds cool. Sure. No, it sounds like somebody um, kind of watched Brave and the Bold and was like, no, I can actually do that. <laughs> I did think about that. <laughs> we can make this happen. I mean, especially like giant seahorses versus sharks. Just good Lord. The spectacle alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I don't know what any of that was going to look like, but it sounds great. Yep. Like, I, man. Uh, so I'm, they also I'm a little showed... pissed. Now I just want the trailer even more. I'm only asking for two right? minutes of footage, man. Just come on. Come on. Bring it to me. Eh, as soon as it gets on the internet proper, it's, it's over. Let it last. I know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm just thinking, like, as soon as it hits the internet, there's, you know, there's a bunch of assholes sitting around going, like, oh, deep fakes did it better. <laughs> Where is your precious deep fakes now? Oh. So anyway, they released a little bit of footage, mostly behind-the-scenes footage uh, of Shazam at CinemaCon. Brandon Davis also reported on that one, said that there was uh, fairly little film footage, but uh, some brief shots of Billy Batson uh, shouting Shazam. Sure. Some punches thrown, a truck falling from the sky. That sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. I don't... What? what? Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm just excited about that movie, in, like more so than anything else. Like I just want to see Shazam at this point. I never thought I'd say that, but that's where we are. Yeah, it's it's never been it's never been a character I thought would be super psyched about. But man, the the social media game is, as we've said, on point. Mm-hmm. It really is. Uh, so Patty Jenkins confirmed that Wonder Woman is uh, set in the '80s. Okay. She says, the film is set in the 80s. She has to deal with the temptation of our world and face extraordinary odds. She is now at full at her full powers. We're raising the bar. I, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll go along with it. Is someone going to offer Wonder Woman Coke? <laughs> it's probably an iconic scene if it happened. Yeah. Wonder Woman hanging out with Patrick Bateman in a bar downtown. Mm-hmm. Mostly I'm into murders and executions. <laughs> Wonder Woman says, "Oh, I know someone in mergers and acquisitions." <laughs> Snort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then after <laughs> ten minutes, they're both yelling at at each other. I'm a shark. No, I'm a shark. I'm a tiger. I'm a leopard. <laughs> Patrick Bateman's getting all sweaty and upset because his knife is made out of bone, and hers is made out of nth metal or something. I don't know. Right. right. I don't know what her metal. I don't know what what is her sword made out of. I, I, God, I don't Have they know. ever said? I really don't know. Um, yeah, I, don't know. I think it was eighth metal and metal. Uh-huh. And that's maybe the only memory I have of it. And I don't think that was her sword. I think it was a sword she had access to. Oh, okay. I really don't well, know. whatever. I'm sure somebody will tell us. Oh, sure. I'm curious. Hey, Let me know. Let us know. I mean, I know the, the classic line of it could, uh, you know, cleave an electron from an atom, but which no. is obviously awesome. <laughs> like Google, what is Wonder Woman's sword made out of? Ink and paper. Oh, oh, and <laughs> ink and and paper is like in quotations. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, the blood of thousands of artists. Sorry. Well, sure. <laughs> so Shazam, 
<laughs> they're adding uh, Adam Brody to the cast, and this is uh, the com- this comes via Heroic Hollywood, and uh, Adam Brody is uh, probably I guess best known for being on the OC. He was Seth Cohen on the OC, mm-hmm. and uh, he does have a bit of a comic book background. Smallville fans will remember him as Justin Gaines in the uh, episode Crush. He was also going to play the the Flash in George Miller's Justice League Mortal movie that was obviously canceled. Hmm. Um, even uh, yeah, I remember that guy. Even did a comic book himself called Red Menace with uh, Danny Bilson and Paul DeMio and Wild on uh, published at Wildstorm. So nice. He's got a bit of a history in the comic world. I remember him actually being funny. Like uh, my wife used to watch the OC, and I'd walk into the room every now and then. And when he was on, I'd actually like I'd, I'd watch for a couple minutes. And you know what the weird part? My first thought was, I think if we had to replace Ryan Reynolds, I think he might be able to do it. Hmm. He had that sort of uh, manic timing that we all love. Well, that's good. I don't remember him from Smallville, like at all. Yeah, right. Like I even looked at a picture of him. And I, don't know. I just remember him, but you know, I don't. I don't remember him popping in Smallville. No. So, uh, cinematographer Simon First, I guess, maybe his first, but whatever, mm-hmm. Simon First posted a, uh, <laughs> a reel on uh, YouTube showing all a bunch of his work, and uh, some of that stuff was on uh, Justice League, and <laughs> there's he, he shot um, a chunk of uh, the scene at the end, the stinger, with uh, Lex Luthor and Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a big deal because everyone was like, "Oh, we know that's a, that's that's a Snyder thing." Yeah, well, the uh, it, it, the footage shows that it was a Whedon, so part of that was a reshoot. Hmm. Uh, particularly, at least the scene where Lex says, uh, "Isn't it time we had a league of our own?" Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I I I have reverted to this point several times, and I'll continue to, unless there's a bad mustache in there. <laughs> We just don't know. <laughs> yeah, that scene clapper said Whedon. <laughs> it's pretty definitive, unless someone yeah. doctored that footage, but hell. Yeah, I saw one article that was like, so it's being implied that Joss Whedon, I'm like, oh, no, baby. No, no it's not. Imp- they, it's in Sharpie. <laughs> you don't imply things in Sharpie. I don't think it was even in Sharpie. I think it was like electronically like on that little Oh, pit. it was the electronic. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going old school here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not like a chalk piece of chalk thing on there, man. Come on. Nineteen forty-eight. <laughs> Why not? See. Um, but we all we do know that that we uh, that Snyder did do a version of the scene. He, you know, uh, or Joe Manganiello tweeted out a uh, a picture of Deathstroke on Lex's yacht and said the picture was shot by Snyder. Yeah. So we do know that at least some of it was done by Snyder. Sure. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Also interesting, uh, someone was talking about how we haven't gotten a Man of Steel sequel yet, and Jay Olivia responds on Twitter and says, Man of Steel was never meant to have a sequel because it was supposed to be chapter one of a five-chapter story. Notice how Batman v Superman follows exactly after Man of Steel? It's like book two of Harry Potter. I'm not sure that's completely accurate. Because I remember Snyder talking about... After Man of Steel, they were sitting around pitching ideas for the Man of Steel sequel, and then he threw out Batman as an as an option, and how he couldn't get that back. Like couldn't no, put it back no in the can. Wanted, nobody wanted to not do Batman now, right? So I'm I don't think it was meticulously planned out. Like 
uh, Jay Olivia is implying, but maybe he's talking about a little bit further down the road. Uh, he does he does uh, say that uh, Justice League Part One and Two were going to be the third and fourth chapters of the story. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, you know, Olivia has more. I mean, even if I did read an article that says Snyder said certain things, I mean, Olivia does have his you know his credits there. You know, he. He's done a lot of the storyboards for all this stuff, uh, BVS and all. But he also directed uh, Justice League Dark and the Flashpoint Paradox animated movies. Um, you know, he's around. He's around all that stuff. He knows. But I'm not sure exactly what all he's privy to, you know? Yeah. And that, I don't know. That just feels wrong. Also, it's not like, like the Harry Potter books were... It was just Harry Potter and then a thing happens. You know, Sorcerer's Stone. <laughs> Azkaban. Uh-huh. Uh, turns out Snape isn't bad. Whatever the hell the title of the book was, it was like Harry Potter here. Uh-huh. This was Man of Steel, and then Batman vs. Superman. Those are entirely different concepts, and anyone who's familiar with this universe is like offended by the idea that those would be the same continuity. If you just told me I was doing a BBS and a Man of Steel, I would assume those were separate things. Hmm. I would not assume hmm. that it was Man of Steel and therefore BVS. I just wouldn't. But if you've seen BVS within context, if you've seen the movie, you know that it comes right after Man of Steel. Oh, for sure it does. I mean, there is absolute continuity to it. But like to, I don't. I just don't like the suggestion that it was. There were other plans, man. There were, there were just. It, yeah. There's a history of other plans. We've been doing this for years now. They had plans. They changed them. Yeah, they did to some degree. We still hear rumors they, about Man of Steel too. <laughs> yeah it might happen i don't know i'm fine with it i i, I like I'm his character i i want a man of steel too in some ways like and I, I think it should take on i think it should take on like the the title treatment of the harry potter f- books and films yeah yeah man of steel too actually i don't think she numbered them no i don't think so so it'd just be like so it'd just be man uh, of steel yeah see we're already off because i think the first was like harry potter and the sorcerer's stone or some shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're already off. You can't just do Man of Steel and then Man of Steel and. We gotta find another analog here. Man of Steel and the best friend IHOP manager. Yeah. Yeah. Man of Steel and Pete. <laughs> you remember Pete? <laughs> right. <laughs> From like eight years ago? You remember Pete. Man of Steel and the Parasite of Metropolis. <laughs> I would watch the crap out of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man of Steel versus Amazo. Oh, yeah, sure, I'd watch it. Man of, Til- Man of Steel and the Terrible Toy Maker. I don't know. Trying to bring a Harry Potter vibe to the villainry. Just, I don't know. Just alliterate a little. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. You know the one they'll never do? Is like Man <laughs> of Steel versus Mix of Spitlicks. Because that's the closest I, closest I can get to pronouncing that correctly. And like, I don't know how many people just said, that's wrong, in their head. It's Mixia, Mixia Spicklet. Yeah. Um, it's just, you could not possibly put that on a banner. Uh-huh. There's no way. That one is the one that will never happen. I don't know. They could... I mean, especially if, like, Shazam really works as, like, a family-friendly movie, they might do, you know, they might do the Mixia Spitlick film. <laughs> just, there's no way somebody puts that on a one-shot. There's no way. Man of Steel and the Fifth Dimensional Limp Imp. Right. And it oh, would, wait, it would be movie. translated overseas <laughs> as like Superman versus interdimensional leprechaun. 
<laughs> Leprechaun 7, Man of Steel. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> the billing is hard, is what I'm saying. So, uh, yeah, Matt Reeves was asked on Twitter to name his favorite Batman comic, and he said, uh, Batman Year One, Batman The Long Halloween, Batman Dark Victory, Dark Victory and Batman Ego, which uh, those first three are kind of obvious, but Batman Ego is not one you hear often. Honestly, he's he's got me beat. I don't remember that one. That's a Darwin Cook. Oh, damn. Now it's I've like, got um, no, oh, it's great. I've got it. Um, Why have you never told me? Yes. You probably have. I forget. I, I did. On the show, no less. I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty good, man. It's pretty great. Like, uh, But it's, it is pretty divisive. I remember a lot of people didn't like that one. But um, yeah, this is basically this dude is like, this dude kills himself after Batman interrogates him because he feels like uh, Joker's going to come after him and his family. And uh, and then like Batman starts to question what it, why it is that he does what he does and winds up having like, you know, big old psychological debate with, him, with Bruce Wayne and Batman are fighting basically in the in in the story in the story. Mm-hmm. They're just having this big debate. It's this is pretty cool. All right, it's I okay. like it. It's all right. I've I've bought it in the course of your telling me about it. <laughs> all right, it's a good one though. Course corrected. I hope you got the one with the other, the other Batman ego and other tales. I did. Did you get that I one? I did. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Good yeah. man. Good man. Paperback. Not paying for right. hardcover on that one. But, you know, I just can't afford the extra fifteen dollars for hardcover. So. Mm-hmm. But I can afford to well, be right with the world again. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's uh, that's going to do it for the movie news, and uh, I say we move on over to DC TV. If you're not following us, uh, well, you know what? You can follow us because we're not getting into anything really spoilery at all. Now, there's just, no just news. Keep going. Screw it. Just, uh, just yeah. Actually, just, it's going to get real weird. So just it is going to get real weird. Keep going. All right. So Legends of Tomorrow season three is now on Netflix, as is Black Lightning season one. Yay! All right. Uh, and uh, the the only thing we have is that Smallville actress Allison Mack was arrested. And uh, I don't know how many people are actually following this. It seemed like when I posted on Facebook and Twitter that this had happened, and, you know, we follow a lot of people, we're friends with a lot of people who do podcasts that also posted this thing, and people were like, what What the hell is this? This thing has been going on since, like, November. And um, I think, like, the Squadcast guys even have, like, whole Patreon conversations devoted to this thing. Nice. But, um... Yeah, it's been known for kind of a long time that uh, she is all about this, like, Nexium self-help program mm-hmm. uh, that claims to be, quote, a multi-level marketing organization that offers personal and professional development seminars. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she's hosted interviews with the founder, Keith Rainier, on YouTube, and she honestly seems, like, smitten head over heels, like, is, is cult shit, man. A few months ago... Uh, there began a big stir. This is back in November that uh, Nexium, and it's spelled N-X-I-V-M, was a front for a sex cult called DOS, which is uh, which some people are reporting is short for Dominus Obsequius Sororium, something like uh, Latin for his master over the slave women or something like that. Uh, there have been women who have come forward. Yeah, there there. People have come forward, uh, reports that Nexium and or DOS is responsible for like draining resources from some of its members, kidnapping, sex trafficking, uh, starving women, branding them, 
there are pictures of brandings on women's pelvic oh, regions. Oh, for like, sure branding. Yeah, like some with stylized initial like KR, and then like some with AM for Allison Max. Oh, That's here's like the crazy part about that. Allison Max. Here's the fun part. Yeah. ABC News did. I think it was ABC News. Uh, yeah, I think it was Nightline. Did a whole special about this, and uh-huh. I watched a few minutes. And one of the things is like the uh, when when some of the women were were branded by by the way a real doctor who didn't lose her license because what she did wasn't necessarily medical malpractice. It was just, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, some crazy shit that went on that wasn't medical. Uh-huh. Like they they brought a suit against her and. They basically had nothing. They were like, I don't know. You went in a dark room and did some shit with this person, and I, I, it's not its not medical. I don't know what to tell you. It's not like you walked mm-hmm. into her office and a receptionist said, please go back, and they branded you. you. It was weird. Like, legally, there's a lot of stuff to unfold there. Uh-huh. But the crazy part is that little weird symbol that they were all told was, they were told was some Latin symbol is, like, from one side, it's his initials, and if you flip it to the horizontal, it's her initials. Yeah. It's... It's it's F the A up. <laughs> so yeah, uh, this Keith Rainier guy is the top dog of the cult. Supposedly, Allison Mack is reportedly the second in command. Um, United States Attorney Richard P. Donahue says, "quote As alleged in the indictment, Allison Mack recruited women to join what was purported to be a female mentorship group that was in fact created and led by Keith Rainier." The victims were then exploited both sexually and for their labor to the defendant's benefit. So uh, Deadline also reported a link to the arraignment's documents, including this summary of the case from the Justice Department. Uh, According to court filings during the past 20 years, Rainier established a series of purported self-help programs within his umbrella organization, Nexium, pronounced... Nexium. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's spelled Nexium all is based in yeah. yeah. And uh, and is based in Albany, New York and has operated centers in the United States, Mexico, Canada and South America. Uh, by the way, Rainier was like arrested in Mexico and in the footage you see Allison Mack there with him like arguing with authorities. Yeah. Um Nexium is uh, okay. Uh, Nexium maintains physic- uh, features of a pyramid scheme as its courses cost thousands of dollars each and the participants are encouraged to pay for additional classes and to recruit others to take classes in order to rise within the ranks of Nexium. A number of Nexians <laughs> Nexiums, okay. Nexiums. We're 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 residents of the Eastern District of New York when they were recruited and Nexium has held promotional recruiting events in Brooklyn. Mac is credited in publicly available materials with co-creating a Nexium program called The Source, which recruited actors. Uh, as detailed in court filings in 2015, Rainier's created a secret society called DOS, an acronym that stands for a Latin phrase that loosely translates to Lord, Master of the Obedient, Female Companions, or the Vow. <laughs> uh, DOS operated with levels of women slaves headed by masters. Slaves were expected to recruit slaves of their own, thus becoming masters themselves, who in turn owed service not only to their own masters, but also to masters above them in the DOS pyramid. Rainier stood alone at the top of the pyramid. Other than Rainier, all women of... All members of DOS were women. Mac is one of the women in the first level of the pyramid immediately below Rainier. Mac and the other DOS masters recruited DOS slaves by telling them they were joining a women's-only organization that would empower them and eradicate purported weaknesses that the Nexium curriculum taught were common in women. Mac and other DOS masters concealed Rainier's status at the top of the pyramid from new recruits. 
as a precondition to joining, women were required to provide, quote, collateral, which included highly damaging information about friends and family members, nude photographs, and or rights to the recruit's assets. DOS slaves were told that their collateral could be released for any number of reasons, including telling anyone about DOS's existence or leaving DOS. Many DOS slaves were branded on their pelvic areas using a cauterizing pin with a symbol which unbeknownst to them incorporated Rainier's initials. Yeah, I mean, this is just, uh, it's just messed up. And it goes on in uh, U.S. Magistrate Judge Victor, uh, I can't say his name, Pohorelsky, granted the bond to release Mac, Allison Mac, $5 million. Uh, <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> so she's out. Yeah, that means, yeah. Now, this thing is crazy for a lot, like, and it goes it goes back to what, like, the Keith Rainier guy, like, uh, he did a thing called uh, Consumers Byline Inc. back in the 90s. Uh huh. That was just this bizarre pyramid scheme that basically, like, like he's a, he's a guy who's been for the last twenty plus years, uh, co- been cavorting as like the guy he claims he has an IQ of two eighty. Uh huh. Good lord. Uh, and yet he still looks like Bill Lumberg from Office Space. Oh, that was my favorite part of the ABC. Uh, <laughs> it was ABC twenty twenty or whatever. It was like they uh, they were interviewing someone who had uh, come out of the organization and. <laughs> The interviewee said, like, okay, let's face it. He looks like a schlub. Like, what got you into this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just hard not to laugh at that. Like, this is a scary kind of situation in a lot of ways, but it is deeply confusing. And I I just I, – everything I've seen about it, I just – I'm inhaling through my mouth the entire time I'm reading or watching anything about this thing. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know what to do with it. Like Now, according, according to court filings, uh, Mac basically required her slaves – uh, including the Jane Doe's one and two, as identified in the indictment, mm-hmm. to engage in sexual activity with Rainier. In exchange for this, Mac received financial and other benefits from Rainier. And uh, the women believed that if they did not participate in those activities with Rainier, their collateral would be released. So, like that, I mean, that's the kind of that's what we're dealing with. Like, if she, they both face fifteen years minimum, oh, it's yeah. like fifteen to life. Oh, that's that's just like rape through blackmail. Like, there's just <laughs> yeah, there's no no argument against that. Ugh. Oh, the court proceedings are going to be crazy. And we're going to hear about them. Like, the actual part that made me laugh about this was um, I, I actually did laugh out loud when, like, I told my wife about this like a week ago and said, hey, you want to hear something crazy? And gave her the basic breakdown. Just just mm-hmm. a couple sentences breakdown. And she kind of said, like, no, I didn't want to hear about that. <laughs> and, like, Two weeks later, I'm I'm walking through the living room, and she just kind of says, "Yeah, so that shit about the Smallville girl got picked up by NPR." <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, oh. So you've got the details now. Shit, yeah, that shit's crazy. I was like, I told you. Yeah. I don't know. I've seen some people on on Facebook, you know, screaming at the top of their lungs that you know she's. Innocent until proven guilty, and they could never believe someone that they grew up watching would do this. And Bill and Cosby. It's all some sort of like weird smear campaign. That's my entire rebuttal. Bill Cosby. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, you know, I Enjoy just... Enjoy your pudding. I'm not saying she's, you know... I think she's guilty as hell, but... <laughs> it's, I mean... It looks like... I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. Just, we don't know. But yeah, it looks bad. It looks super bad. I mean, I mean, you've got the Justice Department coming out. You know, like it looks bad. 
It looks bad. It looks real bad. So anyway, yep, that's that's what happened there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. People uh, wanted us to talk about it, so there we have talked about it. And I have no idea what to do with it, other than to say that looks bad. It looks and, bad. Uh, if she really did do that stuff, then I, I sincerely hope she spends the rest of her life in prison. The only thing I'm sure about is that it's going to make the inevitable rewatch of Smallville five years from now really weird for me. <laughs> because, like, you remember Pete from that show? I forget what he was involved with or his real name. Oh, was he involved in something? I, I think it was him. Um, I mean, no, hold on. Give me a second. Probably find it pretty quickly. Yep. Pete Smallville arrested. Let's see, Sam Jones the second. Third. Third, sorry. <laughs> Conspiracy to sell more than 10,000 pills of Oxycontin. <laughs> it's like she told him to hold her beer. Right. Like, that seemed like a big deal. Like, oh my god, the scandal from that show. And then, oh no, oh no, 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 no. In all fairness, yeah. the uh, smartest person on that show in that fictional universe... I would say even including Luthor. Hmm. She held, she held up to him on occasion. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, surprising and weird. But, uh, yeah. It, that Perhaps the, th- perhaps the theme song was the, the victims of the Smallville actors. Yeah. Somebody save uh, I, me. I'm surprised that's not a thing we've seen already. I just haven't looked for it. But there's got to be, like, footage of <laughs> someone getting arrested. Somebody save Sorry, yeah. Army Zero. Oh, man. Sorry, Jeffrey King. I might actually run into you at some point. What? I do run into Jeffrey King from time to time. Hmm. Are, are you going to expound on that? No, he runs a studio around town. Oh, actually, that's cool. I actually see him from time to time. I know people. Lord. I mean, I didn't know. I'm allowed to know people. I know, I know you know the dude from St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Yeah. Who's blown the hell up. What was he on recently? What were they on? They were on something. Oh, God, something, I'm sure. No, the, uh... They were on some TV show that we watched. Black Lightning. Oh, yeah, they were, uh... Yeah, they were part of, like, the penultimate episode, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Didn't you, like, go to high school with that guy? No. No, we just, uh... Oh, like, me and, uh, the Paul dude used to just, like... <laughs> anytime we hung out for a second, we would just, like... Honestly, we would chat about comics. <laughs> That's... <laughs> I didn't know the guy could sing until someone's like, Hey, have you... Have you... Uh, like, him, uh... Paul and uh, Jesse are—they're going to do like a show down, like, and and I went down. I was like, "Holy shit, Paul can sing!" Yeah. No, but um, Je- like our yeah. our theme song was recorded in Jeffrey Kane's studio, man. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, man, realize that. Yeah, we have a tiny Superman connection. That is really badass, actually. Happy idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, let's wrap this on up. I reckon, if you're okay with that. Yeah, we, yeah, we should. Probably. Mm-hmm. I think it's bedtime. <laughs> All right, guys, we are DC On Screen. You can find every episode of DC On Screen at dconscreen.com. Uh, you can follow us on t- on uh, Twitter at DC On Screen, Instagram, same thing. We're on Facebook. We're around, guys. And if you want to help support the show and you think we deserve it, go give us a uh, positively... Uh, rated and written review whatever over at iTunes it do help to get us out to the masses and uh, I don't know what do we have next just another news another news we actually have us cool 
So we'll see you guys next week. Until then, keep some DC on y'all screen. Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens, The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David C. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Future Elevators, can be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by Effie Ophelders of the fantastic podcast, Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud. It can also be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We are proudly in partnership with TV Time, TV show calendar and social media site that lets you keep track of what you're watching, what your friends are watching, and where you all left off. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy and improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more. Are you maladjusted? Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.